baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Chris and Amy Show, sponsored by Summer at SLU. Find your kid's best summer yet at St. Louis University. It's the Chris and Amy Show. Check it out. St. Louis, Mount City, we are going to have a great day today. Now, Amy Marks scores Chris Ranji on KMOX. Let's take it from the top. And good morning. I'm looking at Amy. I'm Chris. We are happy you're with us today. Thrilled to death. Till 1 o'clock. Uh, then the Dave Glover Show, mm-hmm. and then it's us with Dave for mm-hmm. one hour. It's like that every day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Ranj, Yo. let's say it together on the count of three. One, two, three. Pitchers oh. and catchers <laughs> report. We'll get to that in a Sorry. second. Well, I just thought I we like, should. Are, where are we going? Where are we going? No, I just thought. We should say it. Pitchers and catchers report, baby. Oh, we will in about two seconds. Well, because, no, I know. Because... I know. Some things are bigger, are even bigger than the top three, even That's if right. they're in the top three. I guess you're right. I guess you're totally right. It is that day today. Pitchers and catchers in Jupiter, Florida. Yeah. Cardinals beginning spring training. But today is the day we want to hear from you. That's really every day. 314-436-7900. Call it, text it. Uh, voicemails at 314-944-1120. We are broadcasting live on, well, as you know, 1120 AM, 98.7 FM, and the free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, and KMOX.com. We should, you should really get that app, though. It's good. It's great. Mm-hmm. Do it. Um, we're on social media, at Chris Amy KMOX. Time now for the top of the order. The top three stories everybody will be talking about. An aid bill for Ukraine and Israel has passed the Senate, but this one, just like the border bill, appears uh, to be on its way to its death in the House. I was going to make a joke, but I'm <laughs> well, not. I'm not. President Biden is on TikTok. Oh. And, yeah, if you're thinking, wait a minute, I thought TikTok was banned on government devices. Oh, it is. At any rate, President Biden's on TikTok. And, as we said, pitchers and catchers report today. It is a huge day. My God, we are getting ready for baseball. We're going to talk to Derek Gould, who covers the Cardinals for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He's going to be, well, he already is in Florida right now as the Cardinals are Mm -hmm. starting to get ready for the 2024 season. Today, the Senate keeps its word to Ukrainians in need desperate need of supplies and ammunition to innocent Palestinian civilians in need so much need of relief to Israelis in need of support and to US service members on patrol in the Indo-Pacific the Red Sea and around the world today we sent a clear bipartisan message to to, of resolve to our allies in NATO With the strong bipartisan vote in the Senate, it's clear that if Speaker Johnson brings this bill to the House floor, it will pass with that same bipartisan support. 
That is Majority Leader Chuck Schumer as the uh, Senate does approve a $95 billion package. It is aid for Ukraine in their war against Russia as they try to uh, oust Russia from their country and also for Israel which is in an ongoing campaign in Gaza, $95 billion, 70 senators voted in favor for it, of it, which is a pretty high number. You don't get a whole lot of votes in the Senate that are that lopsided, um, but 70 senators vote in favor. There was bipartisan support here. Republicans did vote for it, but not every Republican did. The Speaker of the House spoke out. And I don't know that he would have been prompted to speak out, although he has spoken out previously against this. But the Speaker of the House spoke out today and said he's not taking this bill up. See, they've put together border reform that actually would transform things, border reform that acknowledges that it's an emergency. So I will be a no and continue to be a no on this bill because I think it puts a Ukraine first and America last. That is Senator out of Kentucky Rand Paul, who... Voted no. He usually does, though. He he's one of those people who likes to stay out of foreign affairs for the most part. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: whether we are talking about these aid packages or Donald Trump and his irresponsible and outrageous comments regarding NATO, you have to understand that you can't just live in a bubble and assume that's what keeps us safe. A stable Europe is necessary for a safer United States. And with Ukraine, you have the ability to send money and weapons, no boots on the ground yet, no American boots on the ground, to wear down economically and even in morale your one of your greatest geopolitical foes in Russia. Also, with Israel, a cornerstone of stability in the Middle East and an ally, we know that a strong Israel is also a more stable Middle East and a safer United States. So to think that somehow passing these aid bills is not in America's best interest is naive, myopic, and myopic. Well, it's I, I, I guess if you go back five, six years, this sort of outcome would be surprising because typically Republicans have been very good about this. And you can argue uh, against whether or not it's a good position to have overall. You know, should we be involved in other countries? Should we uh, be involved in wars one way or another? But Republicans usually are pretty good about this kind of stuff. National security issues, this which ultimately that's what this is going to be for us. Clearly, in Ukraine, it is an immediate threat for them mm-hmm. right now. There's an immediate threat for uh, countries like Poland, which they are very nervous about what is happening. And they're nervous about what might happen happens. in November. Nothing bad happens when Poland gets invaded. <laughs> never. Not once. Uh, never heard of anything <laughs> bad happening there. You're absolutely right. So they, they're they clearly concerned about it. But I, I don't understand. I think I know what it is. But I don't understand why they're caving to the pressure of a guy who's running for president in their party and they want to do everything they can to help him at the expense Mm -hmm. of friends, at the expense of allies, because that will ultimately come back to hurt us. This is not we are not isolated from Europe. We're not isolated from the rest of the world. I know there are people who want us to be that way. Stop spending money in other countries. And I get that sentiment. It just isn't realistic 
It's not realistic in this modern world. We're, we, are, we are all interconnected. And if we just allow Russia to do whatever they want and take whatever the countries they want, they're not going to stop at Ukraine. Yeah. And that would become a huge problem for us because we then would be sending American troops mm-hmm. overseas to fight a war, which right now, if we fund Ukraine, we don't have to do that. And, and it's interesting because I do think a lot of this strong isolationism we're seeing in the Republican Party is a result of that massive populist turn the Republican Party has taken. Populism has always been associated with isolationism, and we have had isolationist currents for decades. I mean, you can go back to President Eisenhower, and that's one of the uh, one of his abilities that made him a good president is that he was able to maintain a rather muscular foreign policy while still uh, appeasing the isolationist currents of the time. That's that's some diplomatic skill. You have to be adept in order to do that. And he did that. But this is a much more uh, boisterous, almost cavalier isolationism in at a time when we are more global than ever. We're just interconnected because of technology and the way the economy works. You cannot watch what happens in Europe and think that it's not going to affect your own national security in the United States. Well, by the way, I I mentioned uh, former President Trump. This is what he said a couple of days ago on this issue. They asked me that question. One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, Will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay? You're delinquent? He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. So, and and I get what he's saying, but but first of all, it is not, a, they're not membership dues. That's not what NATO it's is. It's a percentage of your GDP that goes to national defense spending. Right. And let's there's a texter who says, you know, why doesn't Europe, if they're so worried about it, why don't they commit money? They have. Mm-hmm. They've committed almost one hundred fifty billion dollars to this effort uh, to this point. And that was actually that was as of July of last year. So they have sent a considerable amount of money to Ukraine. They are worried about it. And we should be worried about it, too, that while it may not be a problem for us in the next several months, could be in a year, could be in two years. If we allow Russia to do just whatever in the the hell they want to do, mm-hmm. that can't be a world we live in. We can't allow. I don't. I don't understand allowing this to happen to appease a political candidate. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. No. Again, there. I do think the GOP has really lost its way. I said this earlier, and I still think of that when I look at the Republican Party. And I think it was Abby Phillip on CNN last night who played a side-by-side of Trump's comments about NATO and then played at length Ronald Reagan's comments about NATO, yeah. you know, in the heart of the Cold War, why NATO was there to help prevent aggression, Soviet aggression. And I think in a lot of ways it has become the one, the cult of personality, and two, I think a, a lot of people in the party start to believe what they're saying and don't realize how crooked it's become. And there's that C.S. Lewis line, how can you have 
How can you recognize a crooked line if you have no idea of a straight line? And I kind of think the foundation was so weak by the time Trump came around that Trump was a symptom of a weak party, not the cause of a weak party. And he was able to take over the party, uh, win over the party. And the party doesn't even realize where it has its own inconsistencies and isn't staying true to principle because the principles it's uh, relative at this point. Uh, for what it's worth, you mentioned Ronald Reagan. His daughter yesterday did an interview with Jim Acosta, and she said that her father, and take it for what it's worth, you know, I don't I don't know if she knows for sure how he would feel, but she was, you know, his daughter, um, said that he would be appalled by the Republican Party and would not want to be in it today. That's Ronald Reagan, mm-hmm. and that is according to his daughter. But the Republican Party doesn't want Reagan. A Which is lot crazy of the leaders not, in the Republican Party are saying he's a rhino. We are not that far removed yeah. from him being the guy, the guy. that I they think he all was, looked to. Wasn't he the guy in 2015 and even in it, 2016? Yes. yes. Even yes. in 2016, 2017, he was still kind of the guy. He, he, was, he was the it. And listen, I, I'm not saying that I agree with... Like, like Ronj, when you said that Donald Trump has a point, you do need to pay. Yeah, you do. You do need to pay. You, you try to police that a little bit, uh, enforce it, make sure everyone's giving their fair share. I'm also very concerned about our southern border. I get that. I know immigration bills are far from perfect, and it wasn't nearly as stringent enough. But you've got to keep taking steps forward and not just grandstand uh, for Fox News or for well, the potential Republican candidate for president. And that's what's happening when Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, says, you know, this. there's all this funding for this, but there's nothing for the border. Dude, they, they gave you a border bill and you said no to it. A border bill that had bipartisan support and input. There were... Republican senators that had input on that bill, which would have been the most conservative border bill that we've ever passed. And we haven't done anything serious there in two, three decades. So um, which is it? I mean, do you want do you want to move forward or not? And I don't think we do enough moving forward. Okay, so um, you were talking about uh, well, we'll get to to President Biden on TikTok Mm -hmm. later. But there's some audio coming out of the mega church mm. in Houston, Joel Osteen's church. And we will talk about that and what it all means when we come back on KMOA. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Con diagonal 20-24. Repito. Oh, yeah. 
So that was um, audio from the megachurch, Joel Osteen's church in Houston. You heard about the shooting that occurred, oh gosh, what, was it two days ago mm-hmm. now? And It was on Sunday afternoon in between services. All the shots you could hear, and that was just one <sighs> video, and there were a couple of different uh, videos from people inside the church. The one I saw, and I believe it was that one, um, there were people there in the vicinity, but they just kind of, it's almost like they weren't reacting to it. They were, they could hear the shots and they were just kind of strolling about mm-hmm. almost like, I, I don't know if it's that they didn't know what was going so, on or if they thought it was something else or if they're just used to it by now, whatever the case may be. No. Um, but all the shots you hear, Amy, yeah. one person killed, five injured. That's it. It sounded way worse than that. It was, I read their I read over 30 rounds. The yep. shooter shot over 30 rounds. And I will say, looking, watching the video, and when they say mega church, it is a mega church. It looks like it's a convention It's where the Houston Rockets center. used to play, the yeah, basketball it's team. It's a convention center. And so I will say the first few that you hear, I understand if you're walking around kind of confused because if you've ever been in Enterprise Center when they're setting up for a concert or taking down from a basketball game, the dropping of whether it's metal bars or construction equipment, it almost sounds like that, right? It's kind of that sharp pop. I can see the first few. And it was once it kept going, especially once it got into the heavier gunfire, that you realize this is really wrong. But I can see how there was confusion at first because you're not seeing the shooter. No one's even ducking for cover. It's just it's a convention center, and I can imagine how it echo through those halls. I'm so grateful more people didn't get hurt because, as you said, that was a lot of rounds. Because it was in between services, and I yeah. think they were getting ready for the next service, there were fewer people in the building. But a lot of history with this shooter. It was a woman in her 30s brought her seven year old son. Yep. yep, brought her seven year old son with her. Uh, she did have. Free Palestine or Palestine written on the gun. She had a history of some anti-Semitic comments and posts. She also had a history of mental illness, erratic and threatening behavior for a long, long time. When you people are coming out saying we have said for months and months, if not years, this woman is a threat. Which is when we have the conversation about what to do about these things, um, the focus always goes to mental illness. People who, who deflect from the reality that the weapons are part of the problem, too. You can't say that it's nothing, that it's not part of the problem. It's all about mental illness. Well, it's both. So we have to have the appetite to do something about both things. There, there has to be a robust mental uh, health I guess, foundation in this country. And there, you know, you can get therapy, you can get help, but it's not accessible or affordable to everybody. Or or at the very least, once we know that someone has not just, you know, like, oh, I think they might be dealing with something. But if someone is so threatening that, as this woman's neighbors did five months ago, five of her neighbors spent a full day talking to local local elected officials, the police, the sheriff's office, and the city's legal department and the property management company saying she is so threatening. She is harassing us. She's held guns at us. This is a big deal. That's that's not having a strong, that's not a lack of a strong mental health foundation in the country. That's just irresponsibility of saying, 
okay, yes, we need a stronger mental health Yeah, but approach, we don't have one. We have we to acknowledge that. we need to at that. least be able to deal with this. Do you know what I mean? It's gotten this bad. Well, her weapon bad. should have been taken away from her. Yes. And we and it's Texas, so I imagine it's very difficult to do that in Texas. Uh, Amy Marks Corps, Chris Ranji, we've got more coming up. We've got the news, and then after that, we're going to talk about the president on social media, mm. TikTok. Everybody loves TikTok. Um, that's coming up on KMOX. It's the Chris and Amy show on KMOX today. Um, we've got a lot coming up here. We have Mark Saltzman joining us at 11 o'clock. We're going to talk about new technology that is happening in 2024. We are well into the new year. So we'll, we'll see what is to come. We've got the creator and conductor of the Brahms uh, Radiohead show at the uh, the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra is a part of this. Steve Hackman is going to join. I am so intrigued by this. I I, I can't love wait. Radiohead I wait. and I yes. love the St. Louis Symphony. I think it's going to be just an extraordinary concert. And it's performing at the uh, at Stiefel uh, coming up here soon. Derek Gould will join us from spring training. And we've got uh, a lot happening on the show today. So we want to hear from you. 314-436-7900 in St. Charles. John is with us on KMOX. Hi, John. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad you're taking calls. I, it's left over from the last subject. Um, I looked at um, I looked at the country. Now, this has been a while, a year ago or so. I don't have all my facts. Like, I usually have them lined up, but I'll generalize a bit here. There was a country, I think it was Norway, that has, you know, they got millions of people. They certainly don't have 350 million. They had like 40 or 50 million, whatever they had of people. They are allowed to have rifles and handguns. They take care of them. They're they're, they're really good at locking them up, even though they got easy access to them. They can lock them up safely. They have the government makes sure they're locked up one way or another. They do tests on that. They have to have training. But anyway, they had seven gun deaths one year. Seven. The same year we had 44,000 gun mm-hmm. deaths. Uh, and we have mostly suicides. You don't hear that much about suicides and accidents. Then you have murder, manslaughter, uh, police shootings that are both. Most of them, I think, are justified. I question a lot of them. But, but either way, you add up all these gun deaths together and I'm pretty sure we have 44,000. That doesn't seem really high. I know we have about 8,000 murders a year, but 44,000 seems really high. But I think that's what I read that we had yeah. one year to set a record. So how could so so what I did? I extrapolated their population to match ours at 350 million, yeah. and uh, gave every one of them a gun. Yeah, and they would only had 300 gun deaths. Well, I right, and John, to your point, yes, there are other countries. I think it's Switzerland might have more guns per capita than the than America than the United States does, or something very comparable, and they have no gun deaths. But partly because in Switzerland they don't have a standing army, so a lot of the guns are because people are on you know reservists basically, and so they're guns that are supposed to be used in accordance with the government right as a military action versus people are getting guns here to protect ourselves a lot of times from the government you hear that saying a lot we have a very different gun culture there is no country comparable to the united states when it comes to the diversity of cultures beliefs religions people values 
all of that. We don't have the cultural cohesion that Sweden has or that Norway has. We're just different. And we do have a gun culture that is unique to every other country in the world. Yeah, but the, we we still have way more guns than Norway does per capita. Norway has about 29 guns per 100 uh, citizens. We have 120 right. per 100 citizens. We have far more weapons in this country. And the regulations, I mean, it, it varies from state to state, obviously, but they're still fairly lax here. Yeah, and, no, and I'm any, not it, saying that we d- we don't have too many guns. We have too many guns. What I'm saying is it's But it's too, way more than Norway. It's more than Norway. Per person. It's only Switzerland. And again, Switzerland, I think they're government-issued guns, right? Like reservists because they don't have a standing army. So we have way yeah. more. That's why it's so different. You can't just even compare guns to people. And also we do have such a unique culture and it's so many people and we are obsessed with guns and so we're you take you compa- it just compounded by the fact that guns are so easy to get we have so many guns and we have a culture where the guns are used with that kind of like radical independence mindset and a lot of people fetishize them sure i, I know yeah i know people personally i have friends who just it's weird they, they don't they they don't admit that this is what it is, but yeah. they just love them. Like it's they weird. love the feel of them. They love the shoot. And it's fine if you love that stuff. Just admit you love yeah. it. You love it as a hobby. And, you and that's okay. And you don't realize how bizarre our gun culture is until you go to another country and you're like, wow. You guys really love guns there. <laughs> yeah, wow. We are kind of odd. But and, and also, I think there's more pushback here. Anytime any sort of ordinance or law or anything is tried to, you know, is attempted mm-hmm. in Congress, there's way more no, 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 you're not going to do that to us. You're not, because that's the first step to you coming to my house and taking them away, which has never been proposed and never will be and proposed. And I think, too, the same thing with the scale. You can say that Norway or Switzerland, Switzerland have a lot of guns. They're also much smaller populations. And what I mean by that is when you have 400 million guns, you can't compare, you can't compare smaller countries to that. You no. just can't. <laughs> Amy. Uh, uh, yeah, Joe Biden yes. did not... He did not do the traditional Super Bowl interview with the president. Kind of weird, too. I just thought he just said he wasn't going to do it, but apparently he was going to, then he wasn't. Anyway, it didn't happen. And when he was asked about why Joe Biden would not be doing the traditional Super Bowl interview, the press secretary said this. The president will find many other ways to communicate with Americans. Um, the millions of Americans out there, and we will uh, find those ways to do it uh, where we think the time is right. Also, um, Kind of weird because I would say there's no better time than when almost 200 million Americans are watching the TV. Um, but I think they found one of the many other ways to communicate, Ranj. Chiefs or Niners? Two great quarterbacks, hard to decide. But if I didn't say I was for the Eagles and I'd be sleeping alone, my wife's a Philly girl. Game or commercials? Game. Game or halftime show? Game. Jason Kelsey or Travis Kelsey? Mama Kelsey. I understand she makes great chocolate chip cookies. Deviously plotting to rig the season so the Chiefs would make the Super Bowl or the Chiefs just being a good football team? I'm getting trouble if I told you. Trump or Biden? Are you kidding? <laughs> Biden. He's on TikTok. He is on TikTok. Joe Biden's on TikTok. A lot to get in there. I, I will just say this quickly. You don't, you don't need to go for cute. Joe, you know, I would actually like strong and assertive as the leader of the free world. For some reason, Joe really leans into, I love chocolate chip cookies and ice cream. Okay, if that's what you want to choose, I don't think that's necessarily what you should lean into, especially with the current accusations being levied against you. However, the bigger question is... So you'd rather have Trump? 
Uh, no, I, w- I would rather have one functioning party because oh. if the Dems are putting down Republicans for being crazy and I give that to them, then the Dems at least have the responsibility of not hey, being I can, crazy listen, themselves. I will agree with you on this, on this one point. Um, each side of this issue, because uh, age is a thing and it's going to be a thing for the next several months, if it's a thing for you, um, it better be a thing for you for both candidates because both candidates have mental issues of some kind. Whether it's diminished capacity because they're older Here's or crazy, me. whatever it is, they both have their problems. We we all need to acknowledge that each candidate, we have a choice between these two people. We all need to acknowledge that both of them have their issues. Here's what bothers me. It's like choosing between, I apologize, this is a little vulgar, but if you want to turn it down, you can turn it down. It's like choosing between venereal hold diseases. Hold on a second, hold on a no, second. It's like venereal disease. It's choosing between... Nobody clam- says that anymore. Chlamydia... And syphilis. STDs. And, and the Republican Party, they don't know any better. They're just sleeping around with everybody, and they're putting syphilis out there. The Democratic Party is the one saying, practice safe sex, practice safe sex, and yet they're putting chlamydia out there. You're the ones that are supposed to know better. That's what bothers me. Okay, I want an acknowledgement <laughs> from everybody that both of the candidates are challenged. That's what I want, but, yeah. but we're not doing that. We're only saying, well, that but other guy's crazy. This guy's old. Great. Then, then let's let's keep it consistent all year, but we know that's not going to happen. Then don't have the White House press secretary, which I get it. It's her job. What else is she supposed to say? But stop gaslighting people. I, I've i never seen a, a sharper Joe Biden. Oh, really? Well, when oh, we had that dis- really? I, I will say this. When we had that discussion about what he's like privately— I don't think we know that, and I think that does matter. If he is, when he's negotiating, when he is talking to people, world leaders, um, talking to members of the Republican Mm -hmm. Party behind closed doors, does he come off like this? Does he come off like he is in press conferences? Because I guarantee you, if he does, we would have heard about it by now. I I don't know. Three years into a presidency, we would have heard by now. To be completely honest, I feel like it took a very long time for Diane Feinstein's condition to finally come out. And it did after about a year and a or a year and a half ago. But she but was had been bad meeting for with everybody so like long. the president is. She met with a lot of people. It's Here's not the same. Let's say Joe Biden is totally sharp. Let's say he hasn't lost he hasn't lost a thing on off his fastball. He's on TikTok. Now, you may be thinking, didn't the government ban TikTok on government devices? Uh, John Kirby was asked about this. Um, John, just following up on this TikTok stuff, is is the CFIUS review still happening? I'd have to refer you to CFIUS. I'm not in a position to confirm one way or another um, what they're what they're looking at. So, is the administration still weighing a ban on TikTok? Again, I have nothing for you on that, Jackie. I mean, uh, I'd have to refer you to to CFIUS. All I can speak to credibly, which I have today, is that. From an NSC perspective, there are still national security concerns about the use of TikTok on government devices, and there's been no change to our policy not to allow that. Awesome. Can you help me understand, though, like why, why there wouldn't be any communication between CFIUS and the administration broadly? I mean, with the National Security Council. I, I didn't say there. I didn't say there wasn't. I just said I'm not able to speak to uh, issues regarding CFIUS. You'd have to talk to them. It's an independent body, and and it's not something I, I can't speak for I them. So. You can see why it's problematic, right? It looks yeah. bad. No, I agree with you. If, 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 if we have national security concerns about the app, mm-hmm. about TikTok and whatever relationship the people who run TikTok have with uh, the Chinese government, then yes, this is absolutely a valid criticism and a valid question. What I don't understand is 
furthermore, um, I don't understand the idea that you're trying to reach more people. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go to TikTok instead of doing a Super Bowl interview because there and and again, I, I don't believe the Super Bowl interview runs during the game. It's I believe it's prior to the game, if I remember correctly. Um, so it's not like it's at halftime because they've got a performance and whatever that interview runs before. You're not going to get as many people watching beforehand, but you're still going to get a lot of people watching. Yeah. So if you're trying to reach more people, that is a tradition president should carry on. Mm-hmm. I think they should have to do that. And again, I know you say, well, maybe Joe Biden's better behind closed doors. Well, this was not a press conference where people are yelling at you. This would have been a sit down interview, 10 minutes with, I think Brett Bayer was suggested. I mean, he is a fair reporter. If he's, you know, it'd be calm. I don't think he would be out to do gotcha journalism. I, you don't think the president of the United States has the it doesn't have the mental acuity to do a 10 minute sit down pre-recorded with Brett Baer, but will be great behind closed doors. Well, who knows that that's what the, the decision was about? Why do we think that it's about mental acuity? Oh, we don't. I'm guessing just because it's coming on the heels of the Robert her report and Biden's disastrous press conference. Listen, he could be great. I'm just saying if we want to go with Occam's razor here, which I think overall is uh, rusted over in an abandoned corner of the United States, I would say Joe Biden has lost his fastball. And I will say this. Donald Trump is a psychopath and he's a clinically diagnosed narcissist and he's a terrible choice. And I'm not by me saying that Joe Biden has what I consider very, very concerning mental depreciation and may not. I don't think he'll be if he wins reelection. I don't think he'll still be president in five years. Me saying that is not an endorsement for Donald Trump. I just don't want to be gaslit here that he's fine. But here's what's happening, though, Amy. And this is my concern is that all of this attention that's being paid to him and and his mental acuity or or whatever it's it's almost like people are saying oh well god we can't vote for this guy so we have to vote for Trump because this guy mm-hmm. is losing it well wait a minute the other guy's already lost it and we have plenty of evidence I of that it. i just we we need to treat both of these situations in an equal manner because they both kind of are for different reasons but it's all, we're kind of getting to the same point. It's I the same it. end point. But here, here's why I'm upset. Because you're like mad at, not mad, but you're worried about the voters. The voters are going to see Biden and then they're going to think, oh my gosh, we should vote for Trump. I'm mad at those in charge. I've given up on the leaders of the Republican Party. They're cowards. Trump will be the nominee. There's nothing we can do about it. The party's gone. The Democrats know better. The Democrats, I don't blame people I don't blame the voters when it comes to being wary about Joe Biden. I blame the DNC. I blame the Democrats for putting him out there. I blame Joe Biden himself. As I agree with uh, Bob Costas said this, I believe it as well. Joe Biden should have said, I'm a one-term president. That's what he should have said. So for me, I'm holding leadership accountable and the leadership of the GOP. They've lost their minds. They want Trump. I feel like the Democrats don't even want Trump, but they want Biden, but they're hell-bent on putting Biden out there. The Democrats need to step up, not be cowards, and put someone else younger out there. And I'm holding primary voters. I'm holding us accountable because we had the opportunity. When people were talking about his age prior to the 2020 election, this isn't a new thing. They've been talking about it since before he got elected. 
that his 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 mind is gone a bit. Um, well, if that's the case, then why did you nominate him? And by you, I mean us. Why did we nominate him? That's who we voted for in primaries. Trump is who is voted for in primaries. It is ultimately our fault that we have these two candidates. That's Amy Marks Cores. I'm Chris Ranji on KMOX. Time to rewind. It's the Chris and Amy Rewind Recap. Hey, uh, Amy, actually, we don't have enough time for this because I really wanted to bring this story up. What is with the... Uh, with all the police cars crashing into stuff. You know, it's odd. What is going on? I It, it takes the first one, two, three. You're like, that's a coincidence. But now, what in the world? Sarah yeah. Fenske had a story about it. Yeah, in the Riverfront River Times. Times about an, a church, a, a Presbyterian church at, in uh, Skinker de Bolivar that the pastor there noticed that the sign out front had been destroyed and has been spending months trying to figure out what happened. And a neighbor said, oh, yeah, the police crashed into it. They cleaned it up and left and didn't tell him. And he's been trying for months to get answers. This story is nuts. What is going on here? Why are they crashing so I don't much? know. And why are they cleaning it up and not telling anybody about it? It's $20,000 worth of damage, according to the report. We need to get into this. Uh, that's Amy Marks Cores. I'm Chris Ranji. We'll talk tech next on KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 